Happy Tuesday and welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show. I am Anthony Toji, joined as for the first time ever by Jacob. Well, I mean, with you, yes. Well, yeah. I've been on the show with Shane. That's what, years ago? Years? Yeah, it's, I mean, that's beyond my time, right? You didn't exist? I know. I. You just kind of magically appeared one day? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's at least what my parents told me. I just plopped in. Guys! How you doing? How you doing, chat? Uh, we got something kind of juicy, kind of spicy for you. Um, some of you may like it. Some of you may not. But you'll have to watch and find out. We spoke with Ray Anderson this morning. Um, obviously, the Arizona State Athletic Director. We got into everything as it relates to conference realignment, um, the media rights deal that is still ongoing, ASU Athletics as a whole. Camp T coming back. Uh, Jacob, you haven't seen the interview. Yet. I have not seen a single second of this interview. So I'm curious, just before we get into it, as an ASU fan, uh, what what do you need to hear from Ray? That they're not going to get left holding the bag? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that this is, so this is my prediction for everybody that's watching right now. Uh -huh. My guess is you ask him about conference realignment and he says, we're dedicated to the Pac-12 for the foreseeable future. We feel like the deal is imminent, yada, yada, yada. The deal is on par with every other conference's television deal. And then they're going to get ditched and they're not going to make as much money as they could, which is going to be really, really unfortunate. Um, that's just my prediction as a pessimistic asu fan okay. right now because it just seems like that's the direction it's heading but i could be genuinely surprised it would make me happy if i was surprised and then outside of conference realignment what is something you don't want to hear from ray what's something i don't want to hear that they're still not focused on nil deals <laughs> that'd be fair give their athletes some money yeah like like the, the, they've taken this stance that NIL is, you know, it's it's there, but it's not necessarily the most important part for a program. Yeah. And we've seen collectives work towards trying to make that a priority here. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like in order to compete, they're really going to have to start switching their stance on NIL deals. So, yeah. so I would, you know, I would really hope that he doesn't just kind of meander over that subject. Yeah. But who knows? Guess we'll find out. Well, without further ado, guys, here is ASU Athletic Director Ray Anderson. Six or seven months for you for ASU Athletics. Obviously, the Kenny Dillingham hire, Bobby Hurley getting extended, golf, track, everything under the sun, Mullet Arena as well. How would you assess just the state of Arizona State Athletics as it stands right now? Uh, very energetic, uh, very uh, excited about uh, the way forward, most importantly, I think there's a, uh, a sense of energy and renewed hope, certainly in, in football. And I think folks are excited about uh, all of our sports, uh, uh, men's basketball, hockey, uh, wrestling, gymnastics, across the board, uh, swimming and diving, as you know, uh, track and field, the best finished since 2010. So I think we are uh, coming out of a period of doldrums into a period of real excitement and expectations of uh, really doing well going forward. So excited about Sun Devil Athletics. You mentioned a lot of those programs that have been really successful, particularly a lot of the the, the non-revenue sports. Um, I honestly just realized that this is the only school that has hockey, wrestling, gymnastics, water polo, beach volleyball. Like it is it, the, the non-revenue sports have been a, a, a very successful part of this athletic program, but obviously, you know, 
the, the revenue sports are are important for a for a very obvious reason. How do you kind of balance the the success of those non revenue sports versus the revenue sports, and how do you think that compares to how the fan base kind of balances those two? Well, I would hope uh, everyone would understand that across the board, the student athlete experience across all the sports is a very very valuable and necessary leadership development opportunity. So. Uh, we're not just football and basketball and don't want to be. We're proud that we have 26, 27 varsity sports, including the so-called non-revenue sports. But uh, there are a lot of participants in there from a lot of backgrounds, and that's really important to us. Uh, we, we, we always talk about having uh, one of the largest uh, uh, student populations uh, in, in, in the country. Uh, from all over the world, and I believe, we believe that you should uh, offer sports that everybody can relate to, and that's just not football and men's basketball. So uh, we think it's a good balance. It fits with our culture. It fits with our international uh, aspirations and outreach for branding and, and really letting folks know about Arizona State. That being said, football, basketball, and now hockey are three revenue sports that have to be successful in order to continue to fund the non-revenue sports. Uh, they're all very important, but the, at the end of the day, you do have to afford to operate them. Uh, and so we have to focus on football uh, and basketball and hockey uh, and, 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 and baseball are coming along as our revenue producers. But we are bound and determined to keep all of our sports because they're all so important. And when people call them the non-revenue sports, I understand that. We call them the Olympic sports mm -hmm. uh, that feed our Olympic and our international teams, which are very important to us. Uh, and we hope this whole country. Of course, before we dive too heavy and get back into ASU as a whole, obviously a lot going on with the Pac-12 as a conference in general. A lot's been made of the media rights deal right now. Uh, the timing of it all, the numbers. I'm just curious as to what your thoughts on where it stands right now. Well, we, we're hopeful that we're getting closer, but I got to tell you, it's been 10 or 12 months that I've been telling people, hey, just wait two more weeks. Just wait two <laughs> more weeks. We're getting close. We're almost to the finish line. And and, and here we are, June, uh, and uh, it's been a lot more than two or more weeks. But that being said, there is some renewed optimism, and you've seen some of the comments, uh, uh, including one of our presidents in the Pac-12, uh, indicating that uh, he was at least uh, optimistic that we're, we're getting closer. And I believe we are. I think our commissioner, George Klyovkov, uh, under very difficult circumstances, is pushing and, and advancing as best we can. Uh, so we're all hopeful, uh, certainly uh, this summer. I don't know when this summer. I won't say two weeks from now, because I've been wrong <laughs> on that about a dozen times. <laughs> but sometime this summer, it would be nice to get some clarity because uh, uh, then you take the next steps. You can you can settle, you can look around, you can be real confident about who's going to be here. And then you start contemplating, or does it make sense for us to expand? All those things are uh, exciting uh, things that we're very frankly anticipating anxiously to have some clarity on in the next, I won't say two weeks, but I will say <laughs> the next couple months. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the expansion, and I know we're going to talk kind of about the, the future of the conference in a second, but like, I guess, just what are you kind of looking to get out of this media rights deal? Obviously, a, a big thing that we've talked about is kind of the ease of access or lack thereof as far as like the Pac-12 network has, has been over the last few years. Like, what is kind of your goal um, 
as far as Arizona State is concerned with this media rights deal? Well, very honestly, bottom line, you, you want the uh, revenues to be as high as possible so that we can get the revenue distribution uh, that you'll, we, we are not in a position where we're going to significantly uh, reduce the gap between us and the SEC and the Big Ten. We have to be realistic. But we need to get uh, uh, to the point where we're solidly in third place in terms of the revenue we're getting because we sponsor 26 going on 27 varsity sports. And so we need that revenue uh, to be able to operate. So the bottom line for us is what's that number going to be so then we can factor in what we're going to be able to finance and what additional financing we need to make sure we can operate at the appropriate level uh, and then just be able to settle in on the other issues we need to address, i.e. conference expansion, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. You bring up the, the word conference expansion, which that seems over the last, what, 12 months has been outside of the actual games, the most talked about thing as it relates to college football, college basketball, obviously the LA schools. Um, there's been rumors over the last month about Colorado, U of A. I'm just curious from, from your perspective, do you think there would ever be a scenario that would make sense for Arizona state to explore another conference? And if so, what would that scenario have to be? Well, we're just very frankly, and Dr. Crow said this, and I've said this, uh, we're solidly uh, in the Pac-12, Pac-10, call it what you want, it's the Pac. Uh, and that's where we really believe uh, we belong and we want to be with a lot of like-minded schools with very good competition uh, and, and really elite academics. That's important to us. So uh, we don't talk or think about other conferences, uh, very frankly. At one point, there was some discussion last summer about whether or not with the ACC we might think of some scheduling alliance uh, uh, so that some of your non-conference uh, competitions would be consistently with ACC teams uh, and then get some continuity in the scheduling. Uh, but beyond that, very frankly, uh, there's been no interest uh, in talking about any of the other conferences. And I'll say it emphatically. I have no interest personally as the AD. I don't make the call finally. That would be the president uh, and the Board of Regents. But I, as an AD, uh, am very committed to the Pac-12. So I won't ask you to comment necessarily on their future in the Pac-12, but like Anthony mentioned, the, the U of A has been one of the schools that has kind of been rumored of potentially leaving. Just what do you think is the, the value of that rivalry, particularly with obviously you two being in the same conference? Like, how, how valuable is it to have that kind of in-state rival that you have in U of A? Oh, we, we love the rivalry and, and uh, uh, hope that uh, under any circumstances that would continue. You, you, you have to, first and foremost, what's in the best interest of your student-athletes? Mm. Uh, that's a rivalry across sports that's in the best interest of our student-athletes. So uh, you, would, you would, in my view, not have any good business reason uh, to turn your back on that. Very frankly, I feel the same way about USC and UCLA. Uh, they're going to leave, but very frankly, they're a bus ride away, uh, and they're good competition. Uh, and we got a lot of students from Southern California and elsewhere who want to go back and forth to Southern California to play those two, uh, uh, you know, really fine universities. So even if they're in a different conference, for our purposes, for our student athlete welfare, and just for practical reasons, we're going to keep them in our scheduling lineup weight. I don't really care what other Pac-12 teams might do. We're not going to play them because they left us 
et cetera. They may have their own reasons, but uh, for the competition and, and the experience of our student athletes, playing in the Coliseum and playing in the Rose Bowl and playing uh, in, in Poly Pavilion, that's an experience. Likewise, those folks coming to our place get an experience coming to play with us. So uh, those rivalries in state and very frankly in close proximity out of state, i.e. Southern California, uh, are very important to us. And as long as I'm here, I'm going to do everything I can to retain those rivalries. Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about Kenny Dillingham for a second, because it, it feels like he's been the head coach at Arizona State for five plus years now, but it, it hasn't even been <clears throat> a full season with him at the helm. He hasn't even actually taken the field in game one, but what he's done to the program, the brand in just a six, seventh month period it feels like a breath of fresh air, I imagine, for ASU fans. What is it like for you to see after the, the last three, four years to now have a new head coach, um, a young head coach? Just what's it been like to watch him just kind of work through this first half year? Well, it's been very, uh, very gratifying to see uh, a young coach, uh, the youngest coach in FBS, as we all know, uh, get his opportunity to come and take the reins and be the head coach. Uh, and Kenny's is such a unique, one-of-a-kind situation, as we all know, having been here, coached here, been in high school here, his family's from here. It seems like he's got six generations of family members who, who lived and went to ASU. Uh, so it was a very unique situation, but also uh, uh, to see him come in and grab the reins and certainly with regard to exciting and activating the valley as he put it uh and you know it's reflected in our season ticket sales and our renewals we're at all times highs because people are excited about the narrative and what he's put around him and a lot of the coaches who are from uh, arizona as you know bringing back through the portal several uh, for more Arizona high school players who through the portal have decided he can come home uh, and they come home and work for Kenny Dillingham and play for Kenny Dillingham uh, and coaches that they're very familiar with. So uh, as the athletic director, very pleased. Uh, plus, at this point, you know, we're undefeated. Uh, <laughs> we got a brand new head coach. The Valley's excited. We're undefeated. What do I have to complain about? Heck, I'm the happiest, I'm the happiest guy in the room, I can tell you. I love to hear that. Um, so, I mean, obviously, what does, I guess, success look like for Kenny Dillingham? Is it as simple as just winning football games, or is there kind of more to it, especially early on when you're evaluating Kenny's success? Yeah, great question, Shai. No, it's never as simple as just winning. What you look for, particularly uh, what I'm looking for, uh, is what is uh, the culture? Uh, what is the, 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 the basic foundational culture uh, and and, and, and environment in which he wants to operate and what, and what he wants his team and his coaches and his personnel to be doing the right way. Uh, and so it's the culture set. You know, it, this is some transitional stuff now. Uh, first time head coach coming into a situation, a lot of players have left. A lot of players have come in new through the portal. Uh, you have a, a few high school players, but it's a whole different dynamic in terms of putting together a roster now for any head coach, particularly with the transfer portal and now NIL and all those things factoring in. So Kenny's got a bunch to deal with. First and foremost is get the culture right, because if you get the culture right, then 
the recruiting and everything else gets better and better and better. And then ultimately, uh, certainly the plan is to have it translate on the field uh, in wins that get you to significant bowl game and postseason play. And that's what that's why we're excited about Kenny. I think he's off to a tremendous start in that regard. Absolutely. Last couple questions and we'll get you out of here, Ray. Uh, Camp T is coming back. What did it take to actually make that happen? And what's it going to take, I guess, moving forward to to keep it as a tradition that's coming back? Well, we we, uh, we were going back up there, as you know, and then the COVID pandemic hit, and uh, you just could not at all justify for student-athlete health and safety and anybody else who's going up there to uh, quaint but, you know, tight quarters for uh, football and all you have to do, uh, particularly if there was a pandemic. So we were able to go back last year just for a, a, a brief look-see, uh, but this year, now that we... Uh, feel like we have that contained. We've made some appropriate improvements in our facilities up there. Uh, really excited about going back up there. And that's one of the things that Kenny, uh, Coach Dillingham, wanted to do right away because he remembers that experience and how important it was to this football program. So I think everyone's excited to go up for three or four days. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll test with a shorter period of time and maybe going forward, we might stretch it out to four or five days. We shall see. But Going up to Camp T is very exciting to renew that uh, tradition for all of us. For the people that obviously that have such fond memories of Camp T prior to the pandemic, what uh, are there any like major differences that people should be expecting with Camp T or is it going to be relatively the same to what it was pre-pandemic? Well, you know, we put in a brand new turf field uh, going back three, four years ago with the help of our partners, Adidas. Uh, we asked them to contribute. So... Uh, the field and the practice uh, uh, surface uh, and, and, and space is much better. Uh, so the public will see that. Uh, the public won't see behind the scenes uh, some, some modest uh, upgrades to the living quarters and the, the, the dining hall, et cetera. Uh, so the public will see a very beautifully kept uh, uh, practice field and facility, and I think they'll be very pleased with that. In the old days, Apparently, Coach Cush, when they first got up there, the, the team would have to walk the field and pick up all the rocks and stuff. <laughs> we we don't have that problem anymore because we got fine maintenance people uh, up there, and the artificial turf uh, prevents us from having to deal with too many rocks and pebbles and what have you. Oh, man. Okay, Ray, last one. I'm throwing you softball here. You're entering year 10. What are you most proud of as an athletic director at Arizona State over the last nine years and change? Uh, our academic progress rate, uh, that, 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 that is real. You know, it's the student athlete experience. And at the end of the day, we're in the leadership development business. And that means uh, you gotta have the basics. And the basics for me have always started with education at the highest level. So the fact that we are now for the second year uh, number one in the Pac-12 in APR uh, is very gratifying, uh, and we give that credit to uh, the student-athletes that we're bringing in and certainly the coaches and administrators who stress that the academics are very going to be very important here, and if you're not willing to stress that, don't recruit that student-athlete here. Uh, and so very proud of the academic progress uh, we've made uh, and then very proud of the sports we've added. You know, we came along in a time when folks were looking for excuses to cut sports, 
uh, 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 we've added four sports uh, and intend to continue. Uh, our hockey is here uh, because we decided at the appropriate time to elevate hockey. And now fast forward, look what we have in this program in Mullet Arena and all the other things that that facility is bringing to the Valley. And then lacrosse and uh, triathlon, you know, five, six-time national champion uh, to be sure and bringing back men's tennis. Uh, and you have Murphy Casson, the number four uh, uh, player in the whole country. Uh, and so uh, adding the Olympic sports, the non-revenue sports that we were talking about, uh, when, when we could, when others, very frankly, just didn't have the will or the tenacity to get it done, we got it done. And those sports are thriving. Very proud of that as well. Absolutely. Ray, thank you so much for taking the time this morning. My pleasure. See you, Sean. See you, Anthony. You guys have good summers. Obviously, a lot to unpack there with Ray. He may have said some things that you didn't like. <laughs> Maybe some things that you guys did like, but we'll get into all of that later. And if you did miss that interview and you're watching live, the full thing is going to be posted to our YouTube here in just a little bit. Um, so you'll be able to go back, watch the full thing. If you're listening on audio, you could just rewind and listen to your favorite parts or your least favorite parts again. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Rewinding. That's, that was... Spot on. Yeah. Spot on. Um, before we get into Frankly. some of our takeaways, want to tell you guys a little bit about OGs. I don't know about you guys. I got some trouble sleeping. I know there's some other people in the office. I know Saul's got some trouble sleeping as well. For me, sleep. melatonin doesn't do it for me. I wake up, first off, hellish nightmares. Hellish nightmares with melatonin. And I end up waking up super groggy. But... OGs doesn't do that. The Aquaberry Sleepy Time gummies, they go crazy. And if, you know, you're not necessarily into these gummies for sleep and you're into it more for the high, like our friend Derek Montilla, uh, then try out the new strawberries and cream or the mix bags that they have. Pink Lemonade, June 21st. <sighs> Pink Lemonade, just real quick. Pink Lemonade as a flavor that goes crazy. So hard. Goes top, top five? Absolutely crazy. Top ten? Oh, definitely top 10. Da I would do top 10. top 10. I don't know if I would do top five. I'd have to really sit down and think about flavors to, to make it a top five. But regardless, guys, OGs, they've got it all, and they've got the best scratch-made gummies in Arizona. Check out OGs online at OGsBrands.com and on Instagram at OGsBrands. You can also find their products at your local dispo. You do got to be 21 years or older to purchase. Now, if, you know... OGs isn't really your thing and you're you don't partake in the the highs guess what that's what four peaks is for okay because you can kick up your feet you can sit back watch the stanley cup finals tonight if you'd with like wow. with a wow with a peach kilt ale a kilt lifter whatever floats your boat four peaks has it guys and they're doing this really cool thing for teachers do you know do you know any good teachers my sister's a teacher is not in really? arizona Still she a teacher. teaches in South Carolina. Still a teacher. Yeah. There's video. So the only thing I know about my sister teaching is that... <laughs> That's terrifying. They, well, like, there's a video of her falling down the stairs in their cafeteria. They, like, she, like, got it off the security footage. She, like, was... Yeah, she was walking down the stairs, missed a step, and fell. We're talking about a D1 athlete that played, like, college volleyball at Kentucky and made an Elite Eight, missed a step, and fell down the stairs. That's tragic. Well, look, your sister and really every teacher out there deserves a drink guys and four peaks this year they're giving away eleven thousand dollar cash grants and only one lucky teacher is going to win a teacher's lounge renovation provided by four peaks and to thank Ooh. a teacher 
Go to fourpeaks4teachers.org and complete the form to enter their chance to win. Nominations due June 30th. Guys, check out Four Peaks at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. You do got to be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks. Four Peaks, please drink responsibly. Will, Toe Tree talking beer again. Well, it's what I do. Okay. It, literally, we get paid for him to, literally, to, it's, to, it's, to, it's, to talk beer. You get paid for me to talk about beer? We all get paid for you to talk beer. That's, I guess that's true. I, I guess that's true. I've call somebody on my phone right now. Let's not do that. Let's talk Ray Anderson. Yeah. You got the full interview the first time you'd heard it. The first time, obviously, everybody listening heard it. Uh, first thing I want to start with is the media rights deal. Um, what were you able to take away from that? Because a lot of what Ray had to say, at least for me, the the big takeaway for me from the media rights deal conversation was he wasn't he I don't want to say he did, sounded he didn't sound optimistic but it was less like you know what I'm done trying to say if we're close or not whatever happens yeah. happens at this yeah point. this is that's that's the positive I took away from this like obviously he talked about them being committed to the Pac-10 I guess now they're considering it the Pac-10 because USC and UCLA are on the way out mm-hmm. um i produce the wildcat show quite often i think you know this and it, it is pretty certain over in their front of town that they are going somewhere they are frankly convinced that they are leaving so you are more than likely looking at a pack eight if you dedicate to staying mm-hmm. um obviously outside of the thought process that you maybe add SDSU, Fresno State, whatever you want to add, any of those schools, Gonzaga, whatever. But I was optimistic in the fact that at least now he's like, well, I just actually don't know when this shit's going to happen. Like, who knows? It's going. He's trying. It may get done. (laughs) But like, at least now, it's not this false front, right? Mm -hmm. I like, you could talk to me about it as long as you're just honest right we want to stay in the pac 10 we're not sure when the deal is going to get done cool i'm more okay with you saying that than basically coming to us and saying it's done we're just waiting to release the details when it's just not done at all yeah no absolutely i think for me too um is you've you've seen people like you've seen the president for u of a talk about the media rights deal. you've heard the washington state uh, either ad or president talk about the media rights deal and I, I know that a lot has still got to be done with it, and a lot of that is the Pac-12 and George Klyovkov, not necessarily Ray, but it was nice to just hear a lot of these things from Ray, right? To just like, okay, we... Hear from the source. We've been hearing this, this, and this. Now you get to hear it from Ray, right? And now there's no, like, everything's on him now. What's ASU thinking, right? There's no guessing anymore. Yeah, not anymore. So you bring up the fact that the, the certainty in the U of A camp that the Wildcats are long gone and that CU is probably gone as well. He brought up conference expansion, right? Conference realignment. It's the the big talk right now. And it's been the last 12 months since the LA schools really decided to leave that that is the big, I don't know, appetizer at dinner that everybody wants to talk about if it's not the game. Right. So I know when you said, the thing that you didn't want to hear from Ray was you didn't want to hear him say that they were sticking to a stinking ship. Right. Don't say you're committed because I need to hear you say at least you're keeping your options open. And what did Ray say? We're committed. <laughs> we are frankly committed. Yeah. Committed. 
So you don't like that. You don't like that he's he's committed to it. There's a level of loyalty that some programs need to have. However, with the television market that you have being based, I mean, obviously they're in Tempe, but being based in the Phoenix area market, uh-huh. your market value is significantly higher than you are giving yourself credit for if yeah. you're sticking to the ship that is going to get a substantially less lucrative deal than other conferences. Yeah. At least the assumption, right? They could come blow this out of the water and be like, we're on par. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. And I know with the the media rights still, um, if I wasn't mistaken, like he knows it's not going to be on the SEC's level. He knows it's not going to be in the Big Ten level. But he wanted to be somewhere in the middle, right? He right. wanted to be somewhere in the middle after the Big Ten. That'll be interesting to see if they can get it there. Will in the chat, I've said this for years now, the sooner him and Crow are moved from ASU, the sooner that ASU Athletics gets elevated and become a national brand. Obviously, we'll see... You know, if that ever is the case, I can't imagine that it would be the case anytime anytime soon, especially with them. Uh, All the pieces are there. To remove them? No, 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 no. All the pieces are there for them to be a national brand. Oh, yeah. All the pieces are there. It's it's a matter of... Do you take the step? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, conference, uh, world. conference realignment doesn't appear to be in the cards for ASU anytime soon. Um, the commitment thing, I get it. It's it's a it's a weird weird thing, and I've you been paid to say it, right? I, yeah, I mean, I've been more on the track for ASU to leave and and join the Big Twelve or just another conference in general. It, it feels like somebody. It feels like a program. This is this is what I'll equate it to. It's like you know that one friend that has like that first love, and that first love just breaks her heart time and time and time sure, again, and like sure. I don't know, I'm committed. I'm gonna I'm make committed. it. I'm gonna make it work. And everybody's like, what the fuck what are, are you, you doing, doing, dude? Like, you've been running this same race for five years. Like, what the, What are you doing? Here we are. <laughs> that's that's what it feels like to me. So, so a, a small snippet of something that actually gave me the most hope out of the interview. You asked him, you kind of doubled down, right? But in a different way. You asked the question about conference realignment. He stated that they were committed. You then kind of flipped the script on him a little bit and said, well, it might have been Sean that asked this question, but talked about the meaningfulness of a rivalry mm-hmm. right to the program and we're not just talking like the fans like watching asu and u of a play like we're talking significant financial yeah. value in this rivalry right like i don't care how bad asu or u of a is at something those games do drive financial revenue mm-hmm. right like those games will always Absolutely. draw a bigger crowd so his response to that was really really interesting to me only for the fact that he 100% acknowledged the importance of that rivalry and that he felt like that was a key cog in what they wanted to do. Um, obviously, it wasn't a, you can't make the statement that they're going to follow them or whatever, but not just blowing past the response on that, making sure that he took the time to respond and say, we understand the importance of this rivalry for not only our athletes, but for the programs themselves. Yeah. Right? Like... That to me gives me a little bit of hope that at least their understanding, and it also pushed the narrative to me also that U of A is quite possibly gone within mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. But it, it it helped me feel like at least they're paying attention to that. Yeah. Right? It's It's naive for them to sit around and watch this happen and not acknowledge how important it is for them to kind of be tied together. Yeah. 
it was interesting to go off of that, and then he went straight in. He brought up the LA schools, talking about he felt the same way about USC and UCLA. Obviously, on a different note, those sure. schools are gone, but that's not going to stop them from scheduling. Now, you could take that a couple different ways. I take it now of like, okay, yes, the rivalry is important, but if U of A does leave, that's not going to stop Arizona State from scheduling U of A in sure. some major sure. ways. Which, again, I think it still hurts to not be in a conference with your rival. Uh, but there are universities that make it work all the time, but those universities usually have a little bit more pull, like a Notre Dame and a USC, right? Like, of course. That's how that works. Um, guys, we still got a lot more to talk about in terms of Ray Anderson. Before we do that, Emma, you were here this super, super early, and I'm going to give Emma a giant shout-out because she brought some Excuse Burrito me? Express. She brought some Burrito Express. That's just bold that there wasn't Burrito Express on my desk this yeah, morning. She brought... Burrito Express for herself, me, and Sean, and it was glorious. It Respect. took me. Uh, it took me. My people are good people. It took me a solid hour to eat. Okay, a solid hour to eat that burrito. But my God, it was phenomenal, guys! If you haven't had Burrito Express, check them out. They got locations all over the valley. I literally live two minute, two seconds from one of them. Do you actually? Yeah, I literally turn out of my neighborhood. And it's right there. Yeah, that would be dangerous for me. Like, significantly dangerous, guys. Check him out and give him a follow on social at Burrito EXP. You know how you're going to pay for that burrito? You're going to do it with the money that you win over on BetMGM. Jacob, did you win any money on the NBA Finals last night? Not the NBA Finals, but I do have a gift when Ooh, it comes to BetMGM. You have a gift. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. You're a big, uh, you're a baseball guy, right? Yes. I am I am particularly gifted at guessing home run hitters, but only for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Okay, perfect. Then not, I've got a game for you then. Okay? Not any other team. Well, putting me on the spot ruins the magic. Well, no, so. it's it's yeah, I'm not really putting you on the spot. Okay, but bet am bet MGM has this really cool thing where they're gonna let you be a baseball player pretty much. Okay, Ooh, swing for the fences. There you go. I'm gonna yeah, tell the people I about that. Day. Guys, first step, you're gonna log into Bet MGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Okay. Second step, you're going to play the Bet MGM MLB free to play game from May 27th through September 7th. And you're going to be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone. Are you doing it right now? No, I did it earlier today. I got a, um, an insurance bet. What is that? So I doubled. Okay. And if I were to bet $10, my bet is insured. So even if I oh, lose that, bet, like I get the $10 bet. back. Yeah. Love that, guys. And yeah, the third third step, depending on the area of that strike zone you pick, you're going to get a single, or if you're Jacob, double, triple, or a home run, or you'll pop out and receive the prize associated with that type of hit. Played once a day, prizing must be used on MLB and expires in 24 hours. And guys, just your daily reminder, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you guys are going to get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use that bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now, listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 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 All right. Last couple of things as it relates to that Ray Anderson interview, guys. Again, if you missed it out and you're watching live, 
full interview is going to be posted on our YouTube in about an hour. So be sure to look out for that. But my friend Jacob. My friend, I wanted to call you Anthony, but I, I, like I only it's call just, you Totri. Yeah, nobody called me. Don't call me Anthony. It's weird. Shane's starting to do it and I don't like it. What can I call you then? It just Tony well, D. Okay, I got a question then. Yeah. Because you used to put Totri in your descriptions and now you have Anthony in the descriptions. I've always put Anthony in the descriptions. Every somebody time else I produce, yeah, Anthony. Somebody else puts Totri. Somebody else edits the descriptions that I write. Oh. Yeah. There's a what, what am I looking for? Uh Goblin. There's a, a name goblin? A yeah, description goblin. goblin. <laughs> we we have goblins all over the PHNX offices. Mm. Um it just depends. We and the production staff, we have really bad problems with XLR goblins. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're messy. Well, they've worked their way in the notion. That's just want to let you guys know that. Okay. Um, back to Ray. He had some things to say about Kenny and Camp T. Uh, just basic thoughts on what he had to say about Kenny, specifically the first year of success and and really how you evaluate that for Kenny. Yeah, right? he uh, he said what he had to say. Right, like you have to promote your new guy. <laughs> you made the decision to move on from Herm, rightfully so, mm-hmm. um, and you hire somebody that has injected a certain level of confidence into not only the fan base again but into his own team i mean you talk we talk to the players all the time right all of these guys are on the kenny dillingham train yeah they are on board choo choo moving (laughs) moving it is things are things are headed in the right direction for this program and i think it's hard for for anybody to say that they're not um obviously the on-field Evaluation is coming, mm-hmm. but from what we've seen at practices, from what we've seen um, in interviews, everything is moving in a, a much better direction than it was before this. Kenny is one of those guys, and people have mentioned in the chat a couple times that like we really hope that this fan base shows up to support because he's really just one of us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you you also grew up here in the Phoenix area, correct? Mm-hmm. I did as well. Um, I think we were on different sides of the valley. Me being east side, you being centrally west, far west, west. far west. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's like I growing up, and I don't know if you had the same experience. Like I wanted to go to ASU for a majority of my young life. Um, whether that was, you know, just it was the school that was close, and I wasn't really looking to leave the state, or it was just I became an ASU fan at a young age, like. We want these programs to succeed. And Mm -hmm. Kenny is not only just a head coach, right? Kenny is a guy that's lived, breathed, and cried and screamed and banged on the table for ASU (laughs) Athletics. I was wondering to see how many different places you could go with that. I I was running out real fast. Um, He's a proponent of everything ASU, and that's what you want because – honestly, I feel like if this program becomes blue-collar or whatever, like like if they become – an elite program and Clemson comes knocking after Dabo gone. I think Kenny would honestly turn a, a job, a big time job down to I stay agree. here at Arizona state I because agree. he, and, and that's what you need, right? If you're looking for your program to turn into a perennial powerhouse, you need a coach that quite possibly could be a phenomenal coach that's willing to stick around beyond the beginning of the process Mm -hmm. and for so long arizona state has been a stepping stone for a lot of coaches you heard it with bobby hurley first and kudos to bobby hurley who stuck around even though there's been lots of us at times that have called for him to be removed as coach Mm -hmm. 
he's proved me wrong many times. But you heard, an it, extension you, you, you heard it when he was first hired, right? Oh, this is just a stepping stone when Coach K leaves Duke. Bobby Hurley's the heir apparent over there. Yeah. Right? For too often, ASU is a stepping stone for coaches on their way to better places. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm frankly sick of it. And it'd be nice to have a guy like Kenny stick around, right? Yeah. Turn this program into a powerhouse and don't leave. No, absolutely. I mean, in, we talked about it, right? In less than six, seven months, he's already changed the brand of the program, the face of the program, the way they recruit. And he's brought in back a tradition that, you know, fans love, players used to love uh, in, in Cantatazona. And obviously, you know, there were some issues in terms of COVID, et cetera, as to why Camp T it w- just wasn't a thing over the last couple of years. But, you know, a lot went into it and a lot is still going to go into it to make sure that it happens again, just, you know, as a fan, as somebody that grew up loving Arizona sure. State, right? And I had this conversation with Shane earlier last week, just like some of the favorite memories about Camp T. Just what do you think it means from a fan's perspective, right? Like you've obviously got, you know, a family that I'm sure at some point would love to to go up to Camp T and just have that experience. Sure. Um, it was really interesting, uh, my family dynamic. I mentioned earlier that um, my sister played D1 volleyball at Kentucky. She was never recruited by Arizona State in her time. And she played, obviously, for a local high school for four years. Yeah. And they never once came knocking. So our household was a, a little mixed on, on those programs for a while. Um, but I would have, in a heartbeat, have gone up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was kind of the first sports fan in my family. Like, my parents never watched. My dad watched, like, motocross and, <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. But, like, in terms of football, basketball, baseball, like, I kind of pushed everybody into that. And now I'll get texts if they're, like, you know, headed into the tournament, right? Ah, oh, dang, like, what a game. And it's like, oh, yeah, now that you, now you're paying attention. Um, but, yes, I would have killed when I was younger to go out there. And yeah. so it will mean a lot for, for families now, like, I have a four and a half month old, almost five month old daughter. Mm-hmm. And one day, do I hope to get her up to Camp T? Heck yeah. Like, yeah. do I want her to be an Arizona State fan? Yeah. If Sid's watching, no, she's not going to GCU. <laughs> she will be an ASU person through and through. Um, but it's it's something that I think not only enforces like families being able to have their kids fall in love with Arizona State Athletics because it's an experience. Mm-hmm. Like it is so important to these programs because it's a way for their community to be able to come interact at a different level than they usually are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, brings up a good comment. ASU is a stepping stone for coaches that want to get paid because Ray and Crow don't invest properly into the programs. Look at Trisha Ford sure. as a good example. Yeah, Trisha Ford, obviously uh, a phenomenal example of what happens when you've got just a great coach yeah. and there's other it's- programs that... I'm calling, and that's look. I, I I know the the Trisha Ford thing is different, but it's also an outlier because of the money that Texas. Yeah, A&M I was going to say. So there. so we I think we had this conversation when this happened, right? Yeah. Like I've got people that work in the financial aspects yeah. of the of, ASU couldn't have. There ASU, was nothing there's they no way done. that they had the financial capital <laughs> to contest that contract yeah, right and, and unfortunately that happens far too often and it starts at the level and i don't mean to call you guys out but like it starts at a level of the fans right yeah. if you want them to keep coaches show up to the games and donors as well and right? become a donor and do like 
these programs in the SEC, like almost every alumni is like, yeah, I'll give $15 a year. If every alumni for Arizona State was like, I'll give $15 a year, you're talking about a school that has over 100,000 people every single year, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're talking about a school that at any given point has over 100,000 people. Just That's imagine money. if all of them just gave $15 a year, a money. the type of lucrative contracts they'd be able oh, to dish yeah. out but that's where we live yeah that's neither here people don't want to go games it is what it is <laughs> my god uh jacob you can eat mountain mics i can't because my tummy doesn't do well with the cheese oh but i guess i could i could eat the wings right yeah. i could eat the wings what do you think about mountain mics oh mountain mics is an experience that we get twice a month it is phenomenal it comes in hot mountain mike himself walks in with a mountain of pizza. Very true. And wings. Their pepperoni. Let me tell you this. Their pepperoni is top notch. I don't know if I could go anywhere else to any other pizza place and find pepperoni as good as theirs. Like it's like that nice crispy kind of curly pepperoni. It's the cupped pepperoni. Oh, it's so good. So there's two different kinds of pepperonis. There's regular pepperoni, which is like you find it at every sure. pizza store. And then you have cupped pepperoni, which is different. It gets that like crispy bit on the edge. It's so good. It's very good. The pepperoni. You, you should just, just walk in there, Totri, and pull pepperoni off the top of one of the pizzas. Um, I have <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I have the palate of a 12-year-old, so like mm. pizza, pepperoni pizza is in my... Pa- in it's in your veins with the the Italian... Yeah, sure. The pepperoni Emma, you is are in not the, Italian. No. It is in no. my... Uh, Emma Clark, not Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Ann Clark. Because <laughs> Ann makes it much more Italian. Anything else we we want to share? Your address, like any of the other things with the people, just first, middle, and last. My name. name's Jacob Franklin. Thanks. This is yeah. Anthony Totri. Yeah. No, we're good. We're good on that, guys. People know this. We work at a media company, Totri. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> guys, check out Mountain Mike's. Okay. Pizza, wings, vibes, lunch buffet. They got it all. Mesa Chandler or Tucson locations, head over to mountainmikespizza.com again, or to their Mesa Chandler or Tucson locations to place your next order. And a reminder that new diehards get $50 vouchers upon signing up for Mountain Mike's. Well, we're telling you about what happens when you become a diehard. What else can you get when you become a diehard, Jacob? Lots of stuff. Free shirt every year. Free shirt. Free shirt. Free hat. Discounts on all of our incredible events. Yes, Um, sir. The Keep It 100 Classic was quite possibly my favorite event that we've ever had. That was lit. I like golfing, so that could have been just me, but it was (laughs) awesome to go out there and see a lot of new faces as well as people that I do know. Um, You're not going to find a better deal in town. We cover every single team five days a week with dedicated shows, right? Like you're going to tune into your other local media and you're going to get Cardinals and Sons for four hours, five hours, six hours, seven hours, eight hours, nine hours. Which my goodness is a lot. It's a lot. I can only do so much um, of consistent coverage like that. The Diamondbacks are damn near a top three baseball team in the league. They are. And you tune in and you hear about 15 minutes unless you tune in to PHNX D-backs every single day. Every single day. Almost an hour every single day of dedicated Diamondbacks coverage. You just don't find that. Anywhere you can else. get it all at PHNX, guys. Again, become a diehard today. Check out the phnxlocker.com to grab your membership to, again, receive exclusive content discounts on all events, merch, and access to our Discord chats. Jacob, anything else? Yeah, I feel like people are kind of misconstruing me as defending Ray in regards to what financials look like mm-hmm. at Arizona State. 
in no way, shape, or form am I saying that I've condoned every single decision that's been made. I just, and, and people don't want to hear it. I just am going to tell it like it is. Like, there is a lot of blame that needs to go on the fans as well mm-hmm. for not supporting their programs. Like, yeah. obviously, some of them don't feel welcome. It is what it is. But that's a choice that a lot of people make, right? Like, you can choose to support the athletes or you can choose to support the people that, like, you can choose to not support based off of the heads, right? Like, yeah. these athletes, obviously, are not involved in every single decision and they deserve your support, right? Mm-hmm. Like, ASU is only going to get the financials they need to support their programs through people going to games and donating. Like, it just is what it is. Like, it's a hard truth and it sucks and nobody wants to hear me say it and it sounds like I'm defending the organization and Ray and all of them. And You're like, a defender. Like, but... It is what it is, and until people start to make that change, you're not going to see them competing for contracts like that. It just, it sucks, but that's just the truth. I didn't really take you for an it, it is what it is kind of guy. Sometimes. Sometimes? Sometimes. Did you take I, and, it for an it is what and it is? And for the longest time, I was extremely frustrated by the situation, but like I said, I've got a friend that works in the financial programs, and him and I had a very, very, very long conversation about what it looks like inside the organization and it kind of moved me to be like well shit this is on us like (laughs) (laughs) well in the chat everything rises and falls in leadership (laughs) on that note guys if you enjoyed the content today give us a follow at phnx underscore sun devils we'd really appreciate it you could follow me at anthony underscore totry you could follow the other half of the show at shane beef you could follow Jacob Franklin, the tall man today, at Jacob underscore Franklin 4. But we'll see you guys right back here, 2 p.m., for a snake draft and more ASU talk because, like Jacob said, it's what we do around here. But for now, peace.